All right, guys, welcome to uh, the first ever roundtable conference call. We are super excited to get started. Uh, you guys are a part of history. Uh, our desire here is that this call would feel more like uh, a bunch of guys and girls just kind of hanging out at Starbucks. And uh, my hope is that you'd get your computer out, or if you're like me, you got your moleskin out and maybe a cup of coffee and just getting ready to learn and hang out. Uh, my name is Ryan Latham, and if I haven't met you guys personally, I hope uh, to do that soon. Uh, I am honored that you would take some time out to join us today, so thank you, thank you, thank you so much. We have a great call for you today, uh, and we hope that uh, this roundtable will be, become a vital part of your life where each month you can come and connect with us and connect with different speakers and um, connect with each other, doing youth ministry around the nation. So. A couple of announcements for you guys. Um, our VSL travel team, we're an internship program here in Oklahoma City, and uh, we do a lot of traveling and doing worship, speaking, things like that. And so we would love to come out and connect with you guys. Uh, we don't charge anything. Just come out and hang out with you. Uh, we have a couple open dates for this school year, and uh, you can either text me, which uh, I believe you have your, my phone number in your email that we sent out, uh, and also, you could email us at info at victoryleadership.tv. That's info at victoryleadership.tv. And also, I want you guys to mark your calendar for next month's meeting. We, it will be on October 29th. We have uh, the guest speaker will be uh, Kevin Moore. He's the former youth pastor from Church on the Move. Uh, he is now the lead pastor of The Church, a church plant in Visalia, California, and he'll be talking about how to find and raise up adult leaders. Uh, we are also going to be offering a $10 discount on our youth pastors small group that we're doing in October. Uh, we'll be discussing the book, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect, just an opportunity for you guys to continue to, uh, for us to talk about how to connect better and not just communicate, but just to connect. Uh, we'll be sending out all this information to you guys in the follow-up email. Uh, you can also get all the information on our website, which is uh, yproundtable.com, yproundtable.com. Well, today we have an a interesting situation. It's our first call, and we're already starting off with a bang. Uh, I talked with uh, Banning's wife this morning, and he has been up since 4 a.m. with a massive case of vertigo, and uh, he's been trying to fight it off all morning long, um, but uh, they called me this morning and said he just can't quite uh, get, uh, get out of it. And so we're going to have the awesome privilege of talking with uh, Zach Curry this morning. Zach has been with Banning for a long time and uh, has been helping out. He's um, also leading the, the charge there at the church um, in Sacramento. And so it's a great honor for us to talk with Zach this morning. Uh, he's going to be talking about um, leading a campus awakening and um, just uh, getting onto school campuses and all that kind of stuff. And so um, we want to try to connect with him. And so, like I said, as he talks, if you guys have questions, um, please, please, please um, 
write those down, and we'll make sure to get to those at the end. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, open this up for him. Zach, are you there? I'm here. Hey, everybody. How's it going? So, Zach, why don't you go ahead and just uh, open us up, man, and uh, bring us into uh, this teaching. But before I do, Zach, I know uh, there's lots of debate there at Jesus Culture about um, digital books versus uh, printed books. And so I've got two questions for you. Uh, the first yeah. one is, are you a digital book or a printed book kind of guy? Uh, I'm more I'm more digital, but I kind of – Kind of roll both with both these days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then now the, uh, the 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 question that I have for you is: uh, Are you when you're taking notes on a conference call like this? Are you a digital note taker or a or a handwritten? I love handwritten notes. I have I have a moleskin that I carry with me everywhere because I get ideas and all that, and I like to write it out. So. All right, Zach. Well, hey. I do, do to-do lists, but I like to use my moleskin. <laughs> well, hey, man, I really appreciate uh, you stepping up and uh, uh, filling in for Banning. So uh, I don't want to take any more of your time, so uh, go ahead and, and lead us in, man. Great. Thanks. Hey, guys, it's uh, good to talk with you. Great to um, just to get to hang out with you for a little bit. I'm going to share just two brief things. Um, like Ryan, Ryan mentioned, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about campus stuff. But um, one component that I think really connects with campus is also um, how we raise up leaders. Ultimately, as you're leading students and even looking at campuses and calling them to lead, uh, a journey that we've been going through, even just in this last year of planning a church, is, um, you know, this this call that we have as leaders to not only set vision, um, create places where people are encountering God, but to really raise up leaders. And uh, as we've been on this journey this last year, we've we've really been looking at this thing of people that take ownership, take vision, and lead. And I mean, this gets played out really practically. And you know, we're a new church that uh, started off very large from the beginning, and so things like community, people um, discovering how and where they're going to lead and, and engage and plug in, we, we started shifting the paradigms a little bit because I think a lot of times in uh, Western culture, Western Christianity, we have a very um, set culture of a consumer mindset when it comes to everything, and, and that definitely affects us as leaders in the church. And so... Uh, We've, we've been experimenting, and I, I want to share a couple of testimonies, and a lot of my story is on campus, but I felt like starting with this whole thing of, as, as leaders, we are called to help create environments, invest, and call out leaders that won't just follow forms and programs, but will lead and step out and replicate the things that um, we're passing on and modeling to them to release the kingdom of God wherever we go. So, uh, like an example of that has been, we, uh, we actually don't do small groups right now. We, we will probably down the road. But we started with this thing where we're trying to shift paradigms. So really pushing to this thing of what, what, what has God called you to release and own, step out and lead, not because someone's creating a program, but because you're recognizing needs. And I think a lot of people uh, get really uh, – frustrated sometimes because they see needs. I think 
most of us are easy to, easy to point out what's not happening, um, what we wish was happening, but I think those things are actually clues as to um, what God has actually given to us as leaders and even those that we're leading to point them to. This is what God, you know, that area that you're frustrated about, the thing that you're wanting to see and need, like is actually a clue to the reality that you actually carry an answer to that. And um, I'll come back to this uh, and, and how this has played out in our local church, but in my own life, I, as a high school student, when I was, uh, I encountered God in eighth grade, um, grew up in a Christian family, but just got rocked and um, came, I was in a Christian school and I felt like God was calling me to go to, a, to transfer to a public high school. And so it's a longer story, but uh, I ended up transferring over and starting just saying, God, how do you want to use me on my campus? And I, I started with a group of, I think there was like five of us over the summer just praying, saying, God, will you come and move in our school? And uh, we, uh, we grew to about 15, and we just were just praying, God, let, we want people to see you. And um, I was very much a part of my high school youth group and had leaders pouring into me. And this group, over a period of three years, that was my sophomore year where things really started to take off, we, we grew from 15 um, to over 200, and um, at points we didn't have any room that we could uh, meet in besides the gym because uh, students just started coming. And we started taking this thing, and this is what leaders in my life were doing and, and challenging me in, is, is to begin to step out and be obedient with the little things that God was speaking. And then as a result, stuff started just spreading like crazy. We were we were blessing the campuses. We were picking up trash. We're praying for teachers. We're giving them gift, ba- gift baskets, honoring them, serving the school. Um, we, we, it's kind of funny, but we did this thing called, um, uh, there's like Day on the Green where clubs will come out. We had a Christian campus club, and we did this thing where we got hamburgers and had stickers that said, God bless your buns. We're just giving out free food and stuff. You know, it led to a lot of opportunities to be able to pray for people and stuff. But um, the thing that was that was so amazing is, is as just a few of us, as a few students began to step out and leave, uh, it, it began to get contagious. So where other students, we had, we had in, in, I'm from a small town in Northern California, Chico, California, we had every church in our city represented on the campus because students said, I, I can do this, and it began to activate something in this. So fast forward to what we've been doing with Campus Awakening um, in, in the U.K. primarily right now, but over the years, uh, on, even on universities like UC Berkeley, and uh, there's been some uh, uh, high school youth groups around. We, we, we have a curriculum we released for, for high school and, and college. We've just been releasing this simple thing uh, is that, you know, we're, we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And an ambassador, uh, wherever they go, they, they represent and carry the authority of the kingdom that they're, that they're representing. And um, we've begun to see, you know, if we really want to see uh, schools, culture, leaders raised up to influence every area of society, uh, really the, the core thing as leaders that we have to go after is shifting a mentality um, in whether it's young leaders or in, really any age that this thing of 
ownership, this thing of engaging with what God has given you, where he's put you, obviously it starts with prayer, but really um, using these not only passions that you have, but the areas that we're seeing um, that, 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 need to, that need to have an encounter with God, beginning to push into that, 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 that there's this model of people beginning to gather around that. So like in the U.K., We've, we've been doing this thing. We're in three or four different cities. We're on university campuses. Um, we, we do a monthly gathering where uh, university students will gather from all over uh, Manchester, which is one of the cities we're in. They'll gather. And then three other, um, the other three weeks in the month, they gather based around the areas that they have influence, they have passion. It could be what they're studying. It could be where they live in the residence hall. It could be... Um, uh, what their degree is. Um, this is all, we've been doing this a little bit with high school too, but um, and all they're doing is they're sitting down, they're praying over that area, asking God, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Uh, what is what is it that you put either in our hearts or that our obvious needs around us? They begin to pray into it and listen, and then begin to step out. And um, we've been hearing just amazing testimonies. You know, sometimes it's just meeting practical needs. Sometimes it's um, just stepping out and going after, uh, you know, one of the one of the groups is a big medical school. They they work uh, as residents. They're they're studying to be doctors, and they're on their breaks praying for uh, families and people just as they're they're at the chapel or wherever they're at in the, at the hospital. Anyway, the point is, it, it it's really simple. We know all this stuff, but I think our job as leaders, and I could tell you story after story, even some of the things in Berkeley and just some amazing testimonies of what happens when we as leaders began to point and facilitate, even whether it's high school, you know, wh- whoever it is, even our volunteers, and instead of just giving them, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, leading them to the place of discovering what they, God has already given them, one, two, to begin to own and step out, risk, um, whether it's big or small, in, in an area and a place that they're at. And so, you know, going back to our church, we, we're, this whole thing of community is a really big deal to us. But we have, we've, been, we've been working with a paradigm shift of, with something like community. We, we say, hey, instead of a list of programs or groups you can join to meet people, what is it that God has called you to create? Uh, what is it that you see as the greatest need around you that you're called to release? And as a result, people, you know, it, it's actually slower and harder sometimes, but people are beginning to be forced to challenge, uh, to, to, to grapple with this thing of, okay, what does this look like for me? You have to get dependent on God. You get dependent on your leaders. You get dependent on the community around you because it's actually hard, but it's in that place that you grow up. So I, I just, I don't know if this is making sense to you. Um, I know uh, Ryan had mentioned and Banning told me that this is, you're, as youth pastors, you know, you're primarily working with high school students. Um, I'll tell you this. Um, it, this, this challenge, whether it's on a campus or leading and raising up, leaders um, is, is the greatest opportunity we have um, in really truly um, having impact on not only individual lives, but society, culture, and school. And um, 
this journey that we've been going through just even more recently as a community, some of the things we've been doing with Campus Awakening in the UK, is really just saying, hey, how do we step back and look at what, what are our, what's our strategy? What are we going after? And, you know, I, I, I would say this for us. We started looking at even some of the things that we be, we're believing God for in our region, and we realized that um, even some of the things that we're doing or wanting to go after are con- can at times contradict what our end result is. And, and what I mean by that is, is if we're saying, hey, we, we want to raise up leaders and empower them, one of the, the ways we measure success as a church is, not how many people we gather, but how many people we're sending, and that our goal is we want to raise up people that encounter God are empowered to engage our city. And I think we all would agree that that's what we want to see, but the strategy piece is how do we even step back and look at the methods, the things that we're doing, and, and ask ourselves this question, are we, are we empowering and engaging leaders, or are we... Um, just teaching them but not challenging them to step and begin to engage, take risks and ownership. And obviously testimony, inspiring, releasing faith, destiny, you know, dreams over people, you know, is, is a, part of, a huge part of that. But um, we, we, we want to empower and raise up leaders. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite um, passages of scriptures is the is story, you know, uh, where Jesus, you know, uh, you know, happens on a few, a couple accounts in the Gospels where it's it shared, where you know, the, the multiplying of the five, five loaves and fish, and um, you know, this whole thing where Jesus is. At, if you if you read this passage before this, Jesus is, the, the disciples are complaining, and he's saying, and they're saying, hey, we we don't have bread. These people are hun- hungry. Send them away. There's, you know we don't have a solution. You know, they're doing what most of us do. They're pointing out problems. But what Jesus asked them, you know, he, he says, you feed them. And they say, we can't do this. And then the second thing he, he, he asked them, he says, what's in your hand? And, and that's this thing for us as leaders, for our volunteers, for our, um, our students or people we're leading. Like this is what Jesus did with his disciples is he, he, he didn't just let them see the problems. He said, hey, what are you going to do to fix it, one? And two, what do you already have? And I think that is just so key for us. And it, it, it's this opportunity that we get to invite people to be part of the solution, to be part of the answer with what they're seeing around them. So, Ryan, I don't know. Uh, I could keep going, uh, but I don't want to go too long. You had mentioned about going about 15 minutes. So, um, you want me to keep going, or do we want to talk and have some uh, some questions here? Zach, why don't you talk a little bit, just maybe a couple practical things uh, about that you guys have done uh, getting on to campuses. Um, just as a youth pastor, we often see um, all kinds of things. We hear all kinds of stories. Um, I know one thing you guys are real passionate about is that um, when we when we see or hear those things that that it's our responsibility to get involved um, and not yeah. just standing by saying well it's somebody else's responsibility it's somebody totally. else's thing so maybe you could speak into that a little bit yeah absolutely um, I, I would say two ways just really practically on getting on a campus we we've seen models where um, you know it's just a formal campus club that either already exists and is happening. Um, um, and you know, nowadays there's cases where that's just not allowed and we've actually seen equally, um, just as much success where 
you know, with or without a club, um, students and, and as youth pastors, we have the ability to bless and lead. And so, you know, practically when there is a, a, a campus club, um, you know, you, you're already on the campus. And I think the key, the key question you want to ask yourself there is, is not are you just meeting in a classroom and having whatever type of gathering on, on a campus, but what are you doing to serve, impact, and meet needs of, of that campus, of students? And so really moving from either, you know, just gathering in to really looking how to serve, honor, reach out, and engage those around you. The, the model that we've also seen with um, schools where there hasn't, you know, you can't have a campus club or something like that is, the great thing about that is whether even they allow a youth pastor on campus or, or not, students can gather and meet. And so um, when, 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 they can't, when they can't have a campus club, we'll just say, hey, gather together either on campus during lunch with students. And this is where you as a youth pastor have probably more of um, a responsibility to train them, you know, outside of when you, uh, you're, you're meeting um, on campus. And so we just, we, we use the same model and say, hey, as students, start praying. How can you, how can you honor? How can you serve? And, and so I think, I think we can engage and serve no matter what. We're, we're doing some things here um, in, in, in this region that we've moved to where we're seeing you know, whether, no matter what the stance is of, of a school, you can, when you approach an administrator and say, hey, how can, we, how can we serve you guys? How can we honor you? How can we meet a need that you have? It begins, it opens a, a wide open door. And we, we have schools here in the area where we actually, I just went to a meeting where we had youth pastors, senior pastors, superintendents, principals of multiple schools where we have churches, um, in some cases, it's parents, youth groups. There's people that are um, they're just coming to the schools and saying, "How can we? How can we serve you?" And there's the whole, the whole Folsom, which is one of the areas we're in, Folsom Cordova area, had a meeting with the superintendent of the whole school district, saying, "Hey, um, we we have example after example of schools, elementary, high schools, junior highs, where churches have come in, no agenda." Um, and in some cases, there's not a, a campus club or whatever, and they're just saying, hey, we're, these are our greatest ad- advocates in the community because they're not coming with an agenda to just, you know, convert everyone and get them to come to our church. They're just coming and serving and leading in the midst of budget cuts and lack of resources. And, and so, you know, I, it's kind of a long answer to say this is whether – you, you as a youth pastor or leader, have more influence, favor, and act, and access to serve and engage administrators, teachers, and a campus than you may realize. One, two, your your students have the most access, and if they're the ones that are standing out, that are serving, honoring, loving, engaging, and meeting uh, just very tangible needs on a campus. Doors will open wide open um, on a campus, and we and we have stories of you know um, uh, yeah, Scott Thompson, a guy who's been with us for a long time. He was a youth pastor um, over on the coast here in California, and you know he he's he's teaching his kids this. He's teaching them how to just step out and 
pray for people, how to serve. And they, his kids were are, were crazy. I mean, they had a time where there was actually a, a a car accident. A student had died on their campus, and so the whole school was impacted. And one of these girls who was in his youth group was just, you know, she she had just gone out of her way to love and pray for this principal earlier in the year. Students with their own money bought a pretty expensive watch for this principal just to say, hey, we're glad you're here. You're our leader. We want to bless you. She had built favor with her and, and sewed into and served. When this thing had happened, she, you know, she, and she was unapologetic as someone who followed Jesus and is loving, you know, but she was, she was not just this radical Christian. She was someone that was engaging and loving and honoring. They set up a room and gave this room to her and some some of her friends because they just had started to pray for people who were so impacted by this loss of the student. And they were just loving and praying. And, and the, the principal gave these kids a classroom during school time to pray for other kids. You know, that happened all the way going back to honoring, praying for, serving. And so, that I mean, that's something any of us can do. And And I think this reality of, engaging um, ourselves as leaders, modeling this, but then really practically asking what are needs, what are ways that we have access to serve and to honor. And doors get open there for us to then truly even uh, minister to the heart and the, and the lives of people. But we have favor and more open doors on the campus. And the hope is that, you know, our students, uh, whether they're playing sports or they're, you know, whatever club they're in, that they, they're learning and, and, and discovering not only how to carry the heart of God, but how to carry the, the pieces of uh, gifting and pieces they have to demonstrate who he is in all different areas. And this, the campuses are the training ground for leaders to lead in every realm of society. It's the microcosm of part of our culture. Uh, you know, it happens in high schools and universities. And if we can teach our students this now, we'll begin to see this in government and, and science and education because they'll, they'll know how to do this in every area. That's awesome. I love, I love what you just said, the campuses are the training grounds. It's just so good. Um, Zach, how, how important do you think it is to partner with, um, say, like football teams? I know football season is going on right now um, and some of the sports programs. How important do you think that that, that is for youth pastors? It's huge. I mean, Vanny uh, and I, I love soccer. I, uh, my girls are young, and so I, I'm coaching soccer in our community. Vanny is an assistant coach of um, the varsity girls team. His daughter plays basketball. He's actually helping coach at a school that his daughter used to go to. Um, and, and so sports are a huge way. We have a lot of athletes um, that – that, you know, you have a platform, obviously, on a campus in the sports area that they're the most visible, many times prominent leaders on a campus. And uh, coaches and um, teams, like, there's always needs, whether it's lack of money, equipment, whatever. And so I, I think, yeah, practically just do do the things you love, too. I mean, we are, myself, Annie, our team, we love sports. And it's a fun and easy way to jump in and serve at school. And, and the crazy thing is, is like, I mean, Banning's been the, he, he, he'd like to brag about this a little bit if he was here. I'll do it for him. 
doing uh, he he started off before he started coaching just doing sports. He was doing the sports announcing for the the beginning of the games, you know, introducing the players and whatever, because that was the need they had. You know, someone came up to him and said, "Hey, you you're used to talking in front of people with a mic. Can you inter- can you open up the um, the game and introduce all the teams and everything?" And so he like got music and he's you know pulling in. Uh, uh, background stuff, making up nicknames for players, and people just loved it. And, and he just started getting this favor on the campus. And, you know, it's the same thing for me in soccer. We just start finding people that we can serve. And, you know, we have uh, we have people in our, in our church who's actually their teachers or they actually coach. And they have some – I mean, if you it, it, maybe you can't coach, but when you jump in and just start – interacting with parents and, and uh, you know, players and administrators and teachers, you begin to, like, break down the stereotype of what so many people have of this church, and they start to realize, oh, you're a normal person. You know, as a youth pastor, you're, you don't, you're not some guy from this church that they're maybe nervous about or have no grid for, and they just want to keep their walls up. That's, that's the power of meeting um, felt needs. Um, and meeting uh, tangible needs first because it opens the door to meet the real need. Bill Johnson was just at our church um, for our one-year celebration, and he spoke this thing, this message about um, if, you, if you look at even a lot of what Jesus did, um, when he healed people, he, you know, he, he often, you know, <laughs> he got called in and he's praying for, you know, a, a, a centurion's, daughter or he's you know he's praying for he's releasing healing because that was the immediate need for people I mean that's what the supernatural that's what even serving and stuff brings is people have these needs but they're not they're not asking what the real need of the question is they need a they need to know what a relationship with Jesus looks like but they're not going to ask you that question they're not going to ask for that the needs that they're going to respond to with their immediate needs whether it's they're someone really sick or they don't have money to meet a program meet on a campus or they don't have people to pick up trash because high school students are pretty pretty messy you know when we meet the tangible need it opens the doors for people to ask the questions that that really you know we we're often answering the questions that no one is asking when we need to answer the questions that people are asking or meeting the needs that people have because then that opens the door for us to bring the answers to the questions that people should be asking That is that is that is a million dollar statement right there. Um, I think that that's so true. We're often answering questions that no one is answering. Um, so Zach, what do you what do you think the the balance? Trying to find the balance between um, empowering students to lead and be involved and kind of take the the the, the leadership role versus the youth pastor or like a um, campus club president type, you know, outside person or teacher. What do you think that, in your opinion, what do you think kind of trying to find that balance, that tension between student-led and maybe the quality is not as high um, and um, youth pastor or, like, teacher-led? What do you kind of see for that? Are you talking about, like, on a, like a campus club or just across the board? Yeah, I mean, campus clubs, um, even just – 
Um, like you said, like when there's times when the school has a lot of resistance towards adults being on campus from the outside, and you could suggest just having them find groups to pray and all that kind of stuff, just finding that, that balance between um, you know, youth pastor getting in there, making the connections versus students. See, I think there's a way to do both really well. I mean, that's what you have youth group for. Um, and even if there's, like, really specific initiatives, like whether it's a lot of cases are citywide type things with an emphasis with multiple youth groups on a campus. So I think as leaders, we, we need to set an example and model excellence. And we, it is our responsibility to train and equip and pastor these students. So the thing that that, that tension is, is I, I don't think that the place to do that is at a campus club. Like many, unfortunately, many, it, it's a campus club or groups turn into a Bible study on campus. And so it's very inward focused. I mean, you can never go wrong studying the Bible. So there's nothing, I mean, that's amazing. That's a good, if, if that's all you're doing, it's a win. However, that's, that's what we're doing at weekly youth group. And we're, we're discipling, we're training. So, there, you know, our lunch period is 30 minutes, 45 minutes at best. So, so students have to be able to step out, fail, you know, not do something well. That's how, that's how they learn. That's how we learn. You know, we, we, you learn how to do something well by often not doing it well at first. And so our job as leaders is to be the, the best example to pour into them and then empower them and coach them through stumbling, failing, figuring out, you know, not how, to, not how they be you, but how they be who God's made them to be, but we're pouring into to them. And so really practicing on the campus, like there was a youth pastor in Madera, Charles Rigby, who's a great, great friend of ours and has done a lot of campus stuff. He's had huge ministry in, in Madera on campuses. They, they, their campus clubs are student student run but 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 they they do they do their training equipping pouring into through youth group on the side and then they're sending them out but at the same time is they're not telling them hey replicate a youth group service by doing worship having an amazing speaker great icebreaker da 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 it's moved to way more practical like hey live this out so so that means sometimes they're just going out during lunch, they meet in the room, they pray, and they just go out and walk and say, how, look for ways to pray for people, and th- these are students. Um, they've done other things where students' idea where, you know, we're going to do this, uh, you know, we're going to get tons of pizza, give away pizza, and share testimonies or do whatever. So they, as, a, as a youth pastor, you, you know, you have resources and you're coaching and supporting them, but if they're stepping out with the ideas that they're getting and engaging in, we're helping them break the mold and, the, the, the mold and paradigm that has to look like a full-on church service on campus. And instead, we're, we're, we're shifting the paradigm to say, hey, it doesn't have to be huge. It can be if that's what you want. That's what God's put on your heart. But instead of us telling them what to do, we're, we're not going to answer the, those questions. We're going we're gonna to teach them to look and say, what are the needs? What are the questions that, that students and teachers are asking? What are the needs that they have? And helping them uh, discover that and learn how to step out. And so I think you can do both, but it does require, like, a shifting of what many of the campus club or, or 
models have been, it's not to say they're bad, but I, I do think sometimes we can get into a rut, you know, um, something good happens and it works for someone else. And so we, we replicate it and then we have to realize we have to continually be adjusting. Things are changing in culture on campuses with students, with administrations. I think right now the, 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 the powerful thing that we can really do is equip students and model that and do things really well, but then find tangible ways. You, you know, students are very different as well. You can get a super high-level le leader that as a, you know, as a sophomore, junior, that just is amazing. And then you, you know, then you can get someone that you really have to really work with them. And so that means your strategy has to adjust. Uh, you know, classes revolve and rotate, and you have different levels of leaders that come through. So you have to adjust your strategy based on who you have, um, what the current landscape is on the campus or campuses that you're ministering to. Yeah, Zach, that's great. And I, I, I think it's, I think oftentimes we think that um, the only way to get on is through a Christian club or something like that. But uh, I love what you're saying of just saying, going to principals, going to teachers, and just saying, you know, how can we help? What's your, what's your, what's your need? How can we serve you? Um, and, yeah. and the heart is really just how can we serve you and, and not having such a, a an agenda, but just saying, hey, we have a heart for schools, we have a heart for students, and we just want to want to serve you. So, hey, guys, we're going to switch I, over to a time of question and answers now. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and unmute the line. And if you will have a question for Zach um, about campus clubs or even what they're doing out in Sacramento, uh, feel free to push star six. That'll get you uh, in the line there, and uh, we'll we'll go ahead and jump into this time here. So, like I said, if you got a question, go ahead and hit uh, star six. That'll get you uh, into uh, availability to ask a question. So, but Zach, why don't you just uh, talk a little bit more about that? Just um, you know, how do you how do you kind of figure out what the questions are? That you feel that that even schools have. Oh, I think I uh, muted muted him as well. So hold on, guys. Sorry hey. about that, Zach. I muted you, man. <laughs> <laughs> I said you're done. I said too much. <laughs> yeah, you were. Yeah, you're done, man. So how do you um, think we find find needs? Well, uh, w one thing that I'll say is I've actually, as I've as we've talked with some students or or youth pastors, we've actually told them, hey, you know, based on certain situations, right now, actually, don't don't start a club. Mm. And and so really practically the way that you find I mean it's it's really simple but I mean there's uh, I mentioned that uh, it was a it was a school district meeting where they invited pastors in I was one of the pastors that was was there they invited principals as well and you know I think because of sometimes how the church has represented itself we've shot ourselves in the foot and you know we we've, we've become scary to people but. It was crazy. We're in this meeting, and the superintendent is, is, is saying, hey, go find the principal. And so, you know, really simply, you find the needs by asking. You know, um, you may already have relationships through a coach or teacher, or there may be a door that you just have because of your own student or students that are there. 
But if you don't have any of that, like, you can set up an appointment with the principal or vice principal. And, you know, we actually, our church meets on a high school campus. We rent a facility. So we, you know, we've, we've adopted this campus because we're there every Sunday. And, um, you know, obviously we have the business side and we're renting their theater. But then we, what I do and, and what I tell other youth pastors, I've done it myself and I've seen it over and over, is just set up a meeting and sit down. I mean, if you can't get a meeting, send an email and say, hey, this is my name. We, is there anything we can do? Nothing's too small, nothing's too big to serve this campus. We're a part of this community. We're for you. And, you know, they're, pe- they're always skeptical at first. You know, and so, like, even for us at our, the high school we meet, our, our church meets at, the thing they told us was, we have trash everywhere. Can you help us pick up trash? So we're like, hey, no big, no big deal. We'll do it. And then, you know, that has progressed to where they, they'll ask us, you know, and we keep telling them, like, what is, what is it? You know, what do you need? And, and what, the, the issue isn't the need. The issue is trust. If they don't trust you, they're not going to ask you. And so that's what we, what we have to do is we do have to say we're available, but we have to become trustworthy, which means we can't just push an agenda. We have to have a long-term approach and not just a short-term, like, I gotta, if I do this in the next six months, I'm going to increase my youth group and, you know, however many people are going to get saved. Obviously, that is what we, we do want to see that. But if, if we only focus on that, we become short-sighted and we, we, we hurt our relationship with, uh, with these leaders that we want to, as a youth pastor, you're going to be in this city and have a youth group for a long time. If you can build trust, they're going to start calling you when they have problems. They're going to start, you know, I mean, we, we, I've heard and seen where, you know, the, the principals are, they're seeing what's happening and there isn't a couple like, Hey, you need to start something. You need to do something here on campus. So trust, building trust is the key way. And so you just got to ask. That's great. Let's get into some of these questions here. All right. Uh, go ahead. Hey, uh, my name is Austin Scott, and so this is kind of my question is, I live in Texas, and, and, and here, like, honestly, there's a lot of competition between, just between churches, and the last couple of years, um, actually just some people in this area have done a lot of good things to begin to break that down, but for me, my question is, how, you, how do you balance um, students, like, wanting to get involved in their campus, but they see, like, their actual campus club as as not not run very well by their, you know, like, FCA leader. Um, And so, you know, you talked about unlocking, like, their dreams and what they see the need is. And so how do you balance, like, um, getting students to do that, but also, you know, like, part of me wants to say, hey, go serve your campus club and bring your dreams and vision there. Um, But sometimes, honestly, it's just, it's not worth it because the person running that campus club isn't, I mean, they're a, they're a science teacher and a football coach, and then the SCA leader is kind of third or maybe even fourth on their priority list. But yeah, I also don't want to say, like, hey, just forget them, do your own thing. Um, I don't know. How do you kind of balance that, maybe? I, well, I, I think um, this is where the, the paradigm has to shift, where, you know, when I was in high school and even a youth pastor, you know, the, mo- the model was, hey, start a campus club and every church works together and we have one group. And I actually think, I don't think that, I think it's, 
I don't think I don't think it fully works, and that's one of those things where it's like, hey, if if our goal is what we say it is, uh, to to see a whole campus encounter God, then a campus club is not enough. You know, one campus club won't work. So, you know, what I would say is for your students, like obviously bless that campus club, but then ask them. And this is where the whole thing is moving away from starting campus clubs. It's not that you can't work. There is one or whatever, but starting first with, you know, for you and your students, what, 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 what's, what's this one student or group of students have on their heart? Empower them. And if they don't start another club, but instead just began to lead, then you could, I mean, honestly, you could have, I mean, the dream would be you have 50 groups of students that are gathering, praying, leading a meeting. Obviously, hopefully they know each other. But, you know, if you look at a campus like a city almost, like, it would be ridiculous for us to say, hey, there's only going to be one church in this city. Like, we all know the more churches we have, the better. And we're not in competition, but there's a lot of people. If you look at the percentage of people coming to church or, or that the churches are ministered to, versus the amount of people in the city, that percentage is not where we want it to be. It's the same on a campus. And so you, we have the opportunity to teach our kids now, um, hey, you just got to lead wherever you're at. And, and you're beginning, they're beginning to learn how to honor even and not be in competition with other people, but still step out and, and do what they're called to do. Does, if that makes sense, so I, my short answer would be is I would tell your kids, Hey, it's easy to point out that the FCA group is not that great and run well. That's that thing where we're, there's an excuse that, well, nothing's happening because it's not done well. It's the wrong question to ask. The, the question we need to be asking is, what is the need we see? What is that thing that, that God has put in, in the dream and vision and desire for that student that they want to see happen? Help them cultivate to step out and do that. That's the key. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, let's go yeah, into uh, the next one. All right, go ahead. Hey, Zach. Uh, this is Carlos from Fairfield, California. Um, I, got a, I got a question. What, what city are you from? Fairfield, California. Fairfield, nice. Yeah, yeah that's North, North Cal, so. so yeah, man. Uh, but uh, I have a question. So um, and this might be a holistic question out of the whole campus ministry, but uh, what's the greatest lesson you've learned while doing campus uh, ministry? Um, I think for me, I mean, starting as a student, but then also leading other students, um, I think the biggest thing is, like, never underestimate that thing that God speaks you know, to you, it could be a dream, it could be a vision, it could be just a heart for something. Like, that's like, that's a seed that is huge. I mean, for me as a student, I, you know, I was having these dreams and goals when nothing was going on the campus to say, man, wouldn't it be amazing if my whole soccer team was praying before games and I got to speak to the whole campus and talk about the love of Jesus. And I had some crazy dreams and nothing was happening. But those dreams, because pastors and people around me began to cultivate that, like that, those became a reality. And I've seen this in when when pastors and leaders have 
have done this with other students that like that that is like that approach is that's God speaking and and, and it's God's heart that it's not just a, a wishful thinking thing but something to come up and so holistically like I think it's things are a lot it's simpler than we make it out to be sometimes and uh, paying attention to that whisper that dream that thing that's in a student is huge because uh, I think many times it's pointing to the thing that God is, is doing or wanting to do on that campus. That, it's really simple, but um, sometimes I think our strategies and our plans and even all the models out there can get in the way and actually convince people why that thing can't happen. And, and uh, I think we have to build our strategies and our structures to shift and around just this simple thing is that we're called to step out and lead and even how we measure success, you know. Cool. I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it does. I mean, uh, the reason why I asked that question is I learned, uh, that was a valuable question I learned from John Maxwell and just I've used that yeah. anytime I've um, met with, with people who just are doing great things. So, and I yeah. Know their failures in that, and, and you you hear great stories out of it and it encourages uh, me and also the others around here able to hear about it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I would say the one, like the one-liner is, you know, we, we have to be people that um, we step out, we, we create new molds and strategies, not just follow the, the things that are out there. Yeah. Carlos, you're the man, dude. You just got married recently, right? <laughs> yes, I, I did. Great. Uh, I think I'm on the, I, uh, I'm four months, right? I think, yeah. <laughs> so it's, well, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations, sick. man. We'll have to hang out soon. Yes, definitely. All right, cool. Hey, let's get to the next uh, caller. Mr. Michael, hey, go ahead. What's up? What's up, man? Hey, Zach, appreciate you being here and uh, all the information you've given us. Um, yeah, man. I, I had a quick question. I, I'm sure we all can probably think of, you know, a handful of students that can make a big impact on, on the campuses that they're at. Um, yeah. And I, I know there's different ways to invest in them, whether it's, you know, the one-on-one -on -one or, or um, just in the group or whatever. Is there anything that you guys use or any um, – Material or, or what have you seen work that really kind of pushes those those students from um, just having potential to really fulfilling that potential they have? Yeah, I mean we've we've developed we have a campus awakening. Uh, it's like a kit. Um, there's one for high school, one for college, and it has um, it just covers some basic things like prayer and like. Uh, uh, leadership, stepping out, like, and, and even just praying for healing for someone, or, like, it's kind of a video series, and there's a workbook, and um, so, like, we've, we've developed some tools like that. We have a, a thing called Emerge, which is an online resource curriculum. So we, we've been developing, you know, there's there, there testimonies or videos of things that God's done to try to release and build faith. So if you go to Emerge or you go to our, our, the Jesus Culture store, We've, we've tried to develop resources just from stuff that we've seen work 
with, you know, Banning, Banning was a youth pastor. I was a youth pastor. We've been working with students. Um, I, I, I will say, so there's, there's several resources that not only we've done, but I know other people do. I do think that it, you, you, you kind of have to tailor it to the, the like you're saying, the, the student that you're working with, because what they need may vary. And so that, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, or if you're pouring into a handful of students, you may have a group of them and investing in them. Um, what you need to train them on is, uh, you know, may vary, but um, I, I think aside from the equipping stuff, which there's a lot out of, um, the other thing that's really key is, is, is walking through and facilitating them asking questions. Like, for example, like, if you can, if you, like, a lot of times they don't know how to start and finish a vision that they have. They say, hey, I, I want to, I have this dream to share the love of Jesus with the whole campus, you know. I was like, what do I do? Like, I don't even know where to start, you know. So, so to kind of reverse engineer it and instead of just saying, hey, you could do this, 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 and this, sit down with them and begin to ask them questions like, you know, walk them through, like helping them self-discover, like, okay, we, we're going to pray for this, but where do you think we need to start, you know? And, and it's hard because we have, our, we have our past successes and stories and things that we, we can do, but if, if we can walk them through and get them to, like, start writing out practical stuff, and, you know, just leadership one-on-one -on -one stuff, but not answer it for them, like, at least for me, that's what people did for me and, and still do for me, even as I'm still growing as a leader. And that's the step I remember the most, you know, because then I'm like, oh, okay, now i got to go do it. That didn't work, you know. And then you're, you become this coach and the sounding board with, you know, one leader or a group of people and strategizing. And, 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 and they, a lot of students, they, wanna, they don't want to fail themselves they don't want to let they don't want to let you down as a, as a leader they don't want to let their parents down so to remove some of this pressure and say hey let's just like let's see what happens and this is a journey here and facilitate that they're going to grow like crazy and honestly that's some of the most rewarding things that I've ever done in walking with someone is not doing it for them but helping them do it you know yeah yeah that's that's good. Yeah, we. I've gone through some stuff like that, uh, more of the the coaching aspect, you know, uh, trying to get them to come up with the answer on their own through asking questions. And so, um, yeah, I, I was just wondering, you know, what you guys have done. So I appreciate um, appreciate that insight. Yeah, yeah. You can check out. I don't know if you've seen it. You can check out their their video, the workbook. There's there's like eight week uh, online uh, courses on a lot of different things. There's, uh, we just started a thing called uh, Leadership Community, but that's more for leaders. But, um, and then one other practical thing that, that I do is I always, I always leave people with, like, uh, an assignment kind of thing. Like, hey, we're working through this, but we're not going to meet again until you do this. Because there has to be this element of risk and ownership, you know. And it could be just a little thing, but... Um, I think that's huge because people can learn and be taught things till they're blue in the face, but if they don't actually ever do anything, then they're not going to fail and learn what they need to do or actually step out and see, wow, this works, you know? 
Yeah, thanks. And uh, I, I've used the Campus Awakening material. It's awesome. Uh, and we're also, uh, everyone on the call today is going to be getting uh, one of the modules from some of their small group curriculum that they, they're using uh, on identity. So we'll be sending out an email to you guys with uh, free access to that. So be looking for that. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into our, our next caller here. Hey, this is Andrew from Oklahoma City. I've been a youth pastor for about five weeks now, uh, and I'm looking to start a student leadership that's more of a core group of leaders, uh, high school students. What would be a good way to uh, start that? Is it just like open invite, or should I just go and pick a few students that I see could do well with being a, a core group of leaders? Um. I, I would pick them initially, but then, um, I mean, it depends on how you're structuring. I, I personally would pick them initially. Just if you, it, I mean, you've only you've been there five weeks, so if you don't know them enough well, then you could open up and invite them. Either way, you're gonna have you, starting a core group means you're you're um, you know you're you're gonna you're gonna find out where they're at in different levels, and so. Either if you know if you know enough, like hey, these these students are got leadership potential. I would start there, and and sometimes there can be different uh, kind of uh, circles, like of you know people that are really bought in. You know, obviously you're going to invest and pour into people that are um, really hungry more than even those that are just kind of hanging around. You know, so if you don't know, if you don't know, like hey, these are the top 10 or five or however many the size you want this core group to be, um, then you, if you if you have open invitation, you need to have really clear um, expectations and almost like some uh, barriers to where you have to have some skin in the game because um, then what happens is it's like, oh, yeah, I'll come, and then it, it really doesn't end up being a core team because people are flaky and they don't come, and you know what I mean? So either way, either you invite someone and say, hey, this is what this looks like, here's the expectations, da 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 or you open it up and you, you have kind of a clear, like, if you're going to do this, this is, what, this is what's expected, just so that you make sure you have buy-in because you're investing in them, but you want, you want to invest in people that um, – you know, it, it's different than your normal youth group night or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't. I, I. It's hard. Since you've just started, if you know, if you know who those kids are, I would start by inviting them, and then you can expand it. But the key, either way, is is real clear. You know what? What is? What are the expectations? You know, and obviously there's a benefit that they're going to get from you know more t focus from you as a leader, probably some, you know, opportunities to do some things that maybe others couldn't. So even if you start with just personal invite, you can expand it as you build this thing and say, okay, now we're going to, you know, we're going to invite more people in or whatever. So um, it's whatever you think works best with where you're at and what you, the group of students right. you're working with. And I, and I, and I know all the students because I, I moved up from a youth leader to the okay. pastor. So I, I have a great relationship with a lot of the students. I just didn't want to, like, come in and have too many and then yeah. not not get the what I want. Yeah, then I would, 
if you know them all, start with just inviting them, start building something, and then then you'll know, like, okay, you get into your rhythm and you'll kind of get, um, you'll get through, like, what, what you really want this to look like, and then it's actually easier to expand it and bring more people in a little later. Um, when you start with kind of, if you already know, hey, this hand, these these students that I've kind of identified are all in, it's way easier to build something off of that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, and then it's a good problem if someone's like, hey, I want to I want to be a core leader. Like, then you, I mean, that's that's always a good problem, you know to have where more people are asking you, hey, I want I want to do this, and, and you can adjust if you need to, but that's always a great problem to have. Right. Andrew's doing a great job, man. He's, he's a killer guy, so uh, he's going to do a great job. So let's let's go ahead and move into our, our next question. Hey, this is uh, Philip from Oklahoma City. I'm actually one of Ryan's interns. I've got a question for you, though. Um, yeah. How how do you cultivate the passion inside of the students to move on their own campus uh, without just kind of living through them? Like, how do you get them to have their own dreams and visions for their campus? I think one of the best ways to do that is actually by sharing testimonies, um, sharing stories of what God's doing in other people, um, whether in your own life or people around you currently, like, there's something about a testimony that activates faith, um, the possibility even in our own lives. You know, it's, it's how, I mean, it's one of the primary ways I'm inspired besides, you know, God just, you know, speaking to me in different ways. And so I think the more you expose them to what could happen, it'll actually start them to think and dream about, wow, what could God do in my life? What could God do in my school? You know, and um, I think a lot of time we have lack of passion, vision, dreams because just the reality of what is happening and what it, what is possible has been diminished. You know, and so um, otherwise it's like, hey, you need to do this. You should do this. What is God telling you to do? And 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 then it feels a little bit more force but when it's the other way around like it's when God's speaking or you're inspired because you saw something and it triggered something in you um, it's pretty it's pretty powerful you know yeah yeah that's really good I mean it's that's the best I mean get, get getting into an encounter with God or getting vision from just exposing people to stuff is powerful you know tell them to read give them books about what god's done in the past show them stories videos tell them testimonies you know take them to go see something it'll expand their their view of what god could do awesome awesome well zach uh thank you so much for your time man it's been uh it's been great i know there's um a lot more that we could talk about and uh, really just appreciate um, you being here and uh, hanging out. So since it's early in the morning, Zach, I got a question for you. What's your uh, morning breakfast cereal? Um, I this morning I had some grape nuts. I don't have a uh, one set cereal. Most mornings I'll just drink coffee, but if I do have cereal, I'll have uh, whatever whatever the. It's usually Cheerios or uh, grape nuts or oatmeal. 
Okay. That's, well, that's, uh, that's fun. That's pretty. That's pretty exciting, man. I, if I could choose, I would do Lucky Charms every day, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't live off the Lucky Charms. So that's you good. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey guys, just a, just a couple reminders. Uh, we've got a couple open dates left for our travel team coming out. So if you are interested, please text me, respond to our email, uh, or email us at info at victoryleadership.tv. We'd love to come hang out with you guys. Uh, and then next month we'll be meeting uh, October 29th with Kevin Moore, uh, former youth pastor of Church on the Move. Uh, and also we've got the $10 discount um, on our leadership small group starting up in October. Uh, we'll be sending all that information out to you in the email and uh, all the information you can get on uh, yproundtable.com. That's yproundtable.com. And uh, in the email uh, we will be sending out your free coupon um, for um, another training from Jesus Culture and uh, a four-week study. So we're we're just honored uh, to to have you on the phone, Mac. And uh, congratulations on your guys' one-year anniversary as a church, man. That's a big accomplishment. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for uh, letting me hang out with you all. It's good to to chat and hopefully get to meet you. I see you guys sometime soon down the road. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, hey, uh, appreciate it so much. Uh, and God bless, and uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for uh, being on the call today, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you guys soon. Check your email. We'll be uh, we'll be there, and uh, we'll send it out to you soon. All right, see you guys. Bye-bye.